Chapter Fourteen of Danny's Own Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Danny's Own Story by Don Marquis. Chapter Fourteen. As I drove into the yard, a bareheaded old nigger with a game leg threw down an armful of wood he was gathering and went limping up to the veranda as fast as he could. He opened the door and bawled out, pointing to us before he had it fairly open, "Oh, Massa William, oh Miss Lucy, they've brung him home, dar he!" A little bright, black-eyed old lady like a wren comes running out of the house and chirps, "Oh, Bud, oh my honey boy, is he dead?" I reckon not miss Lucy says bud raising himself up on the mattress as she runs up to the wagon and trying to act like Everything was all a joke. She was just high enough to kiss him over the edge of the wagon box a Worried-looking old gentleman came out the door seen bud and his mother kissing each other and then says to the old nigger man George you old fool. What do you mean by shouting out like that? Massa William begins George explaining Shut up says the old gentleman very quiet take the bay mare and go for dr. Potter then he comes to the wagon and says So they got you bud you would go night riding like a rowdy and a thug are you much hurt? He said it easy and gentle more than mad But bud he flushed up pale as he was and didn't answer his dad direct He turned to his mother and said miss Lucy dear it would have done your heart good to see the way them trust warehouses blazed up and the old lady smiling and crying both to once says god bless her brave boy But the old gentleman looked mighty serious and his worry settled into a frown between his eyes And he turns to me and says you must pardon us sir for neglecting to thank you sooner I told him that would be all right for him not to worry none and him and me and Mandy Which was the nigger cook got bud into the house and into his bed and his mother gets that busy ordering Mandy and the old gentleman around to get things and fix things and make Bud as easy as she could that you could see she was one of them kind of women that gets a lot of satisfaction out of having someone sick to fuss over and after quite a while George gets back with dr. Porter he sets Bud's arm and he locates the bullet in him and he says he guesses he'll do in a few weeks if nothing like blood poisoning nor gangrene nor inflammation sets in Only the doctor says he reckons instead of he guesses Which they all do down there and they all had them easy-going wait a bit kind of voices and Didn't see no particular importance in their R's it wasn't that you could spell it no different when they talked But it sounded different I eat my breakfast with the old gentleman and then I took a sleep until time for dinner They wouldn't hear of me leaving that night I fully intended to go on the next day But before I knowed it I had been there a couple of days and have got very well acquainted with that family Well, that was a house divided again itself Miss Lucy she is awful favorable to all this night rider business She spunks up and her eyes sparkles whenever she thinks about that there tobacco trust she would have liked to have been a night rider herself, but the old man he says law and order is the main pint What the country needs he says ain't burning down tobacco warehouses and shooting your neighbors and licking them with switches For no wrong done never righted another wrong But you were in the Ku Klux Klan yourself said miss Lucy 
the old man says the Ku Kluxes was working for a principle the principle of keeping the white supremacy on top of the nigger race for if you let him quit work and go around balloting and voting it won't do it makes him bigoty and a bigoty nigger is laying up trouble for himself because sooner or later he'll get to thinking he is as good as one of these here anglo-saxtons you're always hearing so much about down south and if the anglo-saxtons was to stand for that pretty soon they would be sociable equality and next the whole dern country would be niggerized them there anglo-saxtons that came over from ireland and scotland and france and the great british islands and settled up the south just simply couldn't afford to let that happen he says and so they ku klux the niggers to make em quit voting it was their job to make law and order he says which they couldn't be with niggers getting the idea they had a right to govern so they ku kluxed em like gentlemen but these here night riders he says is again law and order they can shoot up more law and order in one night than can be manufactured again in ten years he was a very quiet peaceable old man mr davis was and bud says he was so durn foolish about law and order he had to up and shoot a man about fifteen years ago who hearn him talking that away and said he reminded him of a boston school teacher but miss lucy and bud they tells me what all them night ridings is fur it seems this here tobacco trust is just as mean and low down and unprincipled as all the rest of them trusts the farmers around there raise considerable tobacco more'n they did of anything else the trust had shoved the price so low they couldn't hardly make a living so they organized and said they would all hold their tobacco for a fair price but some of the farmers wouldn't organize said they had a right to do what they pleased with their own tobacco so the night riders was formed to burn their barns and ruin their crops and whip em and shoot em and make em jine and also to burn a few trust warehouses now and then and show em this free american people composed mainly out of the anglo-saxton races wasn't going to take no sass from anybody an old fellow by the name of roof daniels who wouldn't jine the night riders had been shot to death on his own doorstep just about a mile away only a week or so before the night riders mostly used them here automatic shotguns but they didn't bother with bird shot they mostly loaded their shells with buckshot a few bicycle ball bearings dropped out of old roof when they gathered him up and got him into shape to plant there is always some low-down cuss in every crowd that carries things to the point where they get brutal bud says and he feels like them bicycle bearings was going a little too fur though he wouldn't let on to his dad that he felt that away so far as i could see they hadn't hurt the trust none to speak of them night riders but they had done considerable damage to their own county for folks was moving away and the price of land had fell still i guess they must have got considerable satisfaction out of raising the deuce nights that away and sometimes that is worth a whole lot to a feller as fur as i could make out both the trust and the night riders was in the wrong but you take em one at a time personal like and not into a gang and most of them night riders is good disposition folks i never knowed any trusts personal but maybe if you could catch em in the same way they would be similar i asked george one day what he thought about it george he got mighty serious right off like he felt his answer was going to be used to decide the whole thing by he was carrying a lot of scraps on a plate to a hound dog that had a kennel out near george's cabin and he walled his eyes right thoughtful and scratched his head with a fork he'd been scraping the plate with 
but for a while nothing come of it finally george says i spec by judgment des about the same as massa williams and miss lucy's i's no hit most ingenly am de same that can't be george says i for they think different ways then if dat am de case says george dey ain't no one can settle it twell it settles itself i's most ingenly notice a thing do settle itself arter a while yes sir i's noticed that long time ago dey was considerable going on here in this here county mars daniel i don't know if you ever hear about that or not mars daniel but they was a war fit right here in this here county such goings on as never was them dar yankees a ridin around and eatin up the face of the earth like the plagues of fehero mars daniel and rippin and rarin and racin and stealin everything they could lay de hands on mars daniel and our folks a ridin and a racin and projectin around in de same unsettled way Marsa William, he low he gwine settle dat dar war hisself, yes, sir. And they got on he horse and he ride away and joined Mars Jeb Stuart. But they don't settle it. Mars Abraham Lincoln, he low he gwine settle it and send millions and millions or more of them Yankees down here, Mars Daniel. But but they does unsettle it was ever. But arter a while it does settle itself and dem freedom broke out among the niggers and they was mo goings on and talkin and some of em they load they was goin to be no more work massa daniel but arter a while dat settled itself and they all went back to work again then some of de niggers gets de notion massa daniel they goin for to vote and they was mo goings on and de cool kluxes come a projectin around nights like de graveyards done been resurrected massa daniel and den after a while dat trouble settled hitself den arter de ku kluxes day was de time miss lucy buckner going to marry mars print mcmakin and she don't want to marry him if they give her her druthers about it but old mars colonel hampton her grandpa and her aunt my miss lucy here they ain't going to give her no druthers and they was more goings on but that settled itself too george he begins to chuckle and i asked him how yes sir that settled itself but i spec miss lucy buckner done hep some in that de settlement for the day before the wedding was going to be she ups and she runs off with a yankee friend of her brother colonel tom buckner and i spec colonel tom and mars print mcmakin would o settle him if they ever had a cotched him dat dar david Armstrong. who says i david Armstrong was his entitlement says george and he been going to the same college as mars tom buckner up north somewhere that's how come he's been visiting mars tom dis before the wedding trouble done settle itself dat away well it give me quite a turn to run onto the mention of that there david armstrong again in this part of the country here he had been jilting miss hampton way up in indiana and running away with another girl down here in tennessee and then it struck me maybe it is just different parts of the same story i've been hearing of and martha had got her part a little wrong george i says what did you say miss lucy buckner's granddad's name was colonel hampton Des the same as my Miss Lucy before she done made Marsa William. That made me sure of it. It was the same woman. She had run away with David Armstrong from this here same neighborhood. 
Then after he got her up north he had left her or her left him and then she wasn't Miss Buckner no longer, and she was mad and wouldn't call herself Mrs. Armstrong. So she moved away from where anyone was liable to trace her to, and took her mother's maiden name, which was Hampton. Well, I says, whatever became of him after they run off, George? But George has told me about all he knows. They went north according to what everybody thinks, he says. Prent McMakin he followed and hunted. And Colonel Tom Buckner, he'd done the same for about a year. Colonel Tom, he was always making trips away from there to the north. But whether he ever got on any track of his sister and that David Armstrong, nobody knowed. Nobody never asked him. Old Colonel Hampton, he grieved and he grieved, and not long after the runaway, he up and died. And Tom Buckner, he finally sold all he owned in that part of the country and moved further south. George said he didn't rightly know whether it was Alabama or Florida or it might have been Georgia I thinks to myself that maybe mrs. Davis would like to know where her niece is and That I better tell her about miss Hampton being in that there little Indiana town and where it is And then I thinks to myself I better not butt in for miss Hampton has likely got her own reasons for keeping away from her folks or else she wouldn't do it Anyhow, it's none of my affair to bring the subject up to them. It looks to me like one of them things George has been gassing about, one of them things that has settled itself, and it ain't for me to meddle and unsettle it. It set me thinking about Martha, too. Not that I hadn't thought of her lots of times. I had often thought I would write her, but I kept putting it off, and pretty soon I kind of forgot Martha. I had seen a lot of different girls of all kinds since I had seen Martha yet whenever I happened to think of Martha I had always liked her best Only moving around the country so much makes it kind of hard to keep thinking steady of the same girl Besides I had lost that there half of a ring too But knowing what I did now about Miss Hampton being Miss Buckner or Mrs. Armstrong and related to these Davises made me want to get away from there for that secret made me feel kind of sneaking like I wasn't being frank and open with them yet if I had told them I would have felt sneakinger yet for giving Miss Hampton away I never got into a mix-up that away betwixt my conscience and my duty but what it made me feel awful uncomfortable so I guessed I would light out of there they wasn't never no kinder better people than them Davises either they were so pleased with my bringing bud home the night he was shot They would have just naturally give me half their farm if I had asked them for it They wanted me to stay there They didn't say for how long and I guess they didn't give a dern But I was in a sweat to catch up with dr. Kirby again End of chapter 14